0: You're listening to Fiercely Courageous Conversations with Dr. Rebecca Ray and Monica Cade. This is a monthly podcast to help you rise above fear and express yourself authentically. Our intention is to create real conversations and explore why many women hold themselves back from being all that they are. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the fiercely courageous conversations podcast with Dr. Rebecca Ray and myself, Monica Cade. Our aim is to provide thoughtful insight around how as women we limit ourselves from truly expressing who we are and how this manifests into our professional and personal lives. Today's topic is doing the work, but you might ask, well, what is the work? Well, we're talking about two different kinds. One is self-awareness and the inner work and the second is creative work. See, whatever we want to create in our lives, whatever the dream is that we wish to bring to fruition, it's going to require physical and creative work and it's also going to require for us to have done the inner work first and this continues along the way as well. So if you think you can get by without doing it, you're out of luck. Well, look, you can try, but if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're the type of person who's willing. You're the type of human that wants to be their best and live a courageous life. So Beck and myself are here to support you on your journey and guide you through the path of doing the work. On that note, let's dive right in. Beck, hello. How crazy is it? We're on episode 10.
1: I know. It's gone so quickly. It
0: has, hasn't it? So let's dive straight into this. Let's do a quick recap of what doing the work is and, you know, why should we do the work?
1: I think for me, doing the work is sitting down and getting it done. So like you said, that requires a couple of prongs. Um, and one of those things is actually the physical task, like the the practical task. Of, well, for me, it's writing, sitting down and tapping away at the computer and just getting something down on the page. Mm-hmm. But then that also requires inner work of what roadblocks need to be overcome, what stories need to be put to the side in order to get that happening, as well as the practical roadblocks that show up, like how do I avoid distractions? How do I stay focused? How do I stop procrastinating um, to be able to then get to the point where I create something and put it out into the world? And I think that one of the things that I thought was really important that we address is that for anyone that is in Uh, or on the the journey of creating things and putting them out into the world, they have to do the same thing. It's kind of like, how do we go from point A, where we think about doing the work and we think about putting something out into the world to actually getting it out into the world? Mm,
0: That's right, because a lot of time can be spent on, are saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this project. I just need this to happen first or making all kinds of excuses before we actually sit down and do the work. And then I know as well, a lot of f- people focus on the perfectionism side where they f- say to themselves, oh, it's not ready yet. I-, I still need to fix it before I put it out into the world. And I guess at the end of the day, the important part is to just sit down, do the work and get it out there because from there, you'll you'll go through your own growth process, which then takes us back into the inner work and you'll have your own experiences about what you've created. And then, you know, you can iterate from there. You might find that you don't particularly want to do that same project again, or you might have another inspirational idea based on some feedback that you've received.
1: Exactly. Mm.
0: So why... Okay, our listeners might be like, oh, okay, I'm still not convinced. So why should we do the work? I don't like the word should, but, you know, for lack of a better word.
1: Why, yeah, why Why could we do the work, yes. I guess? Why Maybe it's we? a bit more flexible. Yeah, why could we do the work? Why would we do the work? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know about your answer for this, but my answer is, because not doing it has consequences that I don't want to face. Mm. So doing the work for me is so fulfilling um, on so many levels, not necessarily during it, (laughs) but um, uh, it it brings so much into my life that not doing it is now no longer an option. Mm. Yes.
0: I really like that. It's so true that it's like the pain we've, we've spoken in a couple of episodes about avoiding doing something and rather than doing it. So the pain of not doing it and more from a fulfillment perspective, rather than, you know, the different emotions that may surface. It's just that it probably brings you so much more joy to do that than to think about it just lingering there in the background.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I, I think it's also about the ultimate goal. So um, if we come back to the practicalities, so let's say one practicality is income or money, um, another practicality might be that, I don't know, perhaps you hate your, your day job and you really wanted to do something that strikes at your heart a little bit more. I, I think for me it's not necessarily about um, I want to make money. It's not necessarily about some kind of tangible achievement goal
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's more about this idea that when I create and I put it out in the world and someone on the other side of that receives it and connects back that's why I do it and I I discovered something in that process that uh, key, is life affirming for me, mm. um, and I, and not doing that, I feel like I rob myself of something that is incredibly human and incredibly valuable. Mm. That's beautiful.
0: I think for me, doing the work. I guess for me, when I think about it, I I like to look at it a lot from the perspective of the inner work that comes up for me. I feel like if there's certain ways of expression that or things that I want to create I know that there's a certain version of myself I need to be in order to do those things sometimes like yes there might be certain things that I can act on now but maybe I have a bigger dream a bigger thing I want to achieve and that requires me to step up a bit so for me sometimes those moments will be about looking inside and going excuse me okay what is what is it that I need to kind of deal with here first that's limiting me from moving forward into what I love?
1: So is it more about how much you can grow personally from the project or pushing yourself outside your comfort zone?
0: Yeah, I would say so because I yeah, think right. in with certain projects, certain limitations and fears might jump up. And so mm. it's just about recognising them and continuing on the path
1: regardless of what they say. Yes. Yes. Regardless of what they say. I almost feel like that should be our catch cry for this particular (laughs) podcast because that's another thing, right? Like that's, um, or at least I feel like that is for me. Like that's been one of the biggest stumbling blocks to doing creative work for me is regardless of what they say. Like Mm. you, you create something, you put it out into the world. And the biggest risk of any creative work is that it falls into the hands of other people for those other people to have an opinion upon. Mm, Exactly. And those people have a right to have an opinion, you know. That's the whole point of art and creative work. They can have their own opinion. Um, But I think that that can be really risky for our egos and really risky for our sense of belonging and our sense of worth if it's not managed in a particular way. So um, for me doing the work, part of the inner work of putting something out into the world that I value and have put myself into is also letting go of the outcome and letting go of how it might be received. Mm,
0: So super important, that part about what you said about letting go of the outcome. I think a lot of the time it's so easy to focus on the outcome and make that be the distinction of whether the project is uh, a success, whatever that means for you. And Mm. the more we can let go of the outcome, I feel like the more, quote, unquote, successful we will be for ourselves, the more, I think, fulfilled we will be if we're not focusing on the outcome. I agree. Let's talk about how values play their role on the path of doing the work. Mm. So how have your values impacted or shaped the way that you do the work?
1: Oh, that's a big question, <laughs> uh, but an important question. I think um, I think my values are the path. Mm-hmm. So if I was going to summarise that, I would say that I'm off the path if I'm misaligned with my values. Mm. So if I get caught up in, like I said, it being, it becoming about money um, or, you know, making money out of a certain project or something like that, or if I get caught up in how many likes I get on a particular Mm. post on social media, or if I get caught up in um, something else that's actually not consistent with my values, um, then, or just move away from the message that I'm trying to create, then what that happened, what sorry, let me speak English. Um, <laughs> what what happens in that sense is I am off the path. So I would say that my path is my values, and my values around doing this work is to contribute and connect and create. So if I'm not just, you know, focusing on those things for those things sake then things change and I get a little bit disconnected and it's in the disconnect that my work changes like it just becomes less effective it's received less well like generally I know if I put something out there sometimes I when I'm writing if I get caught up in uh, writing for other people, like if I think, "Oh my goodness, what do they want to hear?" and what do I, what do I need to say? And will people like this? And is this um, in the right vein of what they're looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't work. So I'll put something out there, and people just won't get it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas if I come back to what do I want to hear? What do I need to say to myself right now? And I really connect inwardly about the message that feels like, um, it needs to be created on that particular day for me and for courageous living, then that changes everything, you know, both the depth of my writing and in terms of how it's received. So for me, values is the path. And what happens is I fall off the path every now and again, and the disconnect occurs. Mm -hmm. What about for you?
0: before i share that part i just want to touch on something that you've said that was really important i feel about attention where where we're focusing our attention sure. and i think it's so important and i notice this especially in when i work with clients in terms of their speaking where we place our attention so if we're placing our attention on the external world and on our audience or whether that's, you know, whether you're speaking or whether you're writing or your your own clients in your own business, if we're constantly focused on how we're going to be received, then the attention isn't on us. And we're creating first and foremost for us because creation is an expression of who we are. So if we're focusing on the external, then we're going, oh, okay, well, what does the world want to hear? And then we're manipulating, I don't know if manipulation is the right word, but we're we're shifting ourselves to fit a particular mold. But the thing is we have our own unique message. And I feel like, Beck for you, your writing is so beautiful and, and very deep. And I feel like if you were to put your attention constantly on, oh, what do my what does my audience want to read today, then I feel like we would over time feel that impact because your mm. attention would be more on trying to please all these thousands of followers rather than expressing what's in your own heart and mm. that's when people connect and all through my work whenever I work with someone I just remind everyone it's like what is your message what do you feel because people connect with you they don't connect with your brand or the, then they're only going to connect with you if you're being real and authentic with yourself first
1: mm. so, yes okay. that's it that's it and I know you've said that to me before like privately
0: yeah
1: if I've gotten stuck because one of my areas of stuckness can be stuckness is that even a word it is now it is Um, now
0: we coined it it here people yes (laughs) on this
1: podcast (laughs) (laughs) so one of my areas of stuckness is that I can get caught up in how my message is received and wanting to please so I'm I say no easily, I've learnt that skill, but it doesn't change the fact that I still like to please. Mm. And if I get caught up in how do I please these, you know, thousands of followers, every single one of them, which is, of course, impossible at Mm. any given time, um, then it does change my message. You're exactly right. It it inherently changes the flavour of what I'm putting out there, whether I like it or not. And so one of the things that I do come back to is what is it that I want to put out today I don't always remember to do it so it sounds like you have worked with people where you're continually teaching them to do that Mm. Um, but I also know from you know my clinical work that teaching someone to do something is very different to um, applying it yourself. So, do you find that you also have to have ways of reminding yourself about this, or does it come naturally?
0: Oh gosh, no. I still have my moments. Definitely, I still sometimes get caught up in the same same things as yourself. Like even, I think sometimes. I mean, we were just discussing this privately. Sometimes I think what I put out there in my writing might be too much for some people, and then I think, but yeah. this is. I have to remind myself. I have to go back to what my truth is and then probably, you know, ties back into my own values. And it's, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing it because this is, this expression comes from me and this is how I write. And I'm, I can't, the moment I try to appease somebody else or, or dilute it a little bit, then I know I feel a bit weird when I write then. And, and I know that it's not, well received either because it doesn't have the depth of because naturally there's a depth to what I have to say. And so if I try to change it, then again, I'm not being real.
1: Okay. I've got a question. Yes. And this is not on our notes. So I'm going a little bit off Oh, perhaps, I don't know, within topic or we, I didn't <laughs> think about it. I didn't think about this before, but I want to talk about it right now. Let's go. Is there a time mm-hmm. when it's okay to create um, because you want your audience to like it? And is there a time when it's okay to create for business purposes where your intention is also to make money out of the project?
0: Okay, so let's start with the first one. So purely creating for your audience, was that it? Mm. Yes, I think if you are creating yourself, like expressing yourself, whatever that way might be, like, you know, both of us, right? But for someone else, it could be designing, it could be anything. I think. It could be
1: music. Exactly.
0: I think if your focus is on, yeah, on the external and your audience, then I don't feel that's. I, f- I don't feel that's like truly expressing who you are. I think sometimes, yes, you may have your, – your audience might say to you, oh, could you please talk on this? Pretends one of our listeners said to us, oh, could you please talk about confidence, for example? Yeah. And then we created something around that. I feel like that has a different energy behind it than me sitting down at my desk going, okay, what can I create for my audience today that they're going to like because – usually this then leads into your next question, I think, because then possibly that will grow and I may make more money. Let's just say mm. that's what it was. Mm. I think if it's fueled by wanting to make money, then I feel like it, I, in my experience, I've noticed the difference. I can, It's like everyone can sense that that's what my agenda beneath it was rather Why? than, hey, I'm creating this because... Yes, maybe I have noticed that that my audience has said, oh, I'm not really sure, for example, how to communicate my message properly. I get stuck when it comes to verbally c- communicating or I get stuck when it comes to speaking on stage. So rather than me taking in that information and then creating a product because I believe in what I have to offer and have to share and I know it's going to touch on those topics and answer their questions – uh, that's very different to me going, okay, I'm going to create this product because I know it's going to make me a lot of money.
1: Yeah. This Have makes you? me think of, um, sorry, this makes me think of Liz Gilbert's um, take on not putting the responsibility on your art to mm. feed you.
0: Yeah. Yes. I remember that in Big Magic. Yeah. Mm. Did I answer that question, those two questions? Yeah, you did. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I just think for me, and our listeners may have a different opinion, someone else might have a different opinion, but in my experience and what I believe to be true is in order to be able to share my message and the only thing that I'm able to communicate, then I have to be – True to myself, but then also take into consideration if there are people saying, "Hey, could you create something around this?" and that it's something that they want. Then, yeah, of course, do that, but not with the intention of like I want to go and make X amount of the money.
1: Sole intention. Yeah, yeah, it seems like there's. It seems like what you're saying is that um, it's fine for uh, you know an income to be a side effect of what you're doing of course. as long as your intention is authentic to begin with and you're, cons- um, sorry, you're, you're aligned with your message because that's where people are going to receive it and see the value in it.
0: Mm, exactly right. Yeah,
1: totally. Cool. Sorry for the segue. But no, it was, it was great. To I
0: bring think, that up. I think it ties in perfectly. And I love, I love that. Like, so our listeners, so you know how we do these podcasts and so how I'm taking my own little detour, but Beck and I really do just speak in the moment. We have a couple of points that we want to cover so that we don't ramble. And so there is a, a, you know, some sort of a direction for the conversation, but essentially we do just have a natural conversation. So I really like that you brought that up because that was in the moment and that, and I feel that's what needed to be shared with our audience because someone listening probably had a question around that. Mm. But let's move on to talking about the creative work now. Yep. Now I know you've kind of mentioned that there's a practical side to sitting down and getting it done. Yep. And how motivation comes into play. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So we were talking about earlier on the difference between motivation and inspiration. Um, I feel like, it's important to include both words in this discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and But particularly for me, motivation shows up a lot in my clinical work. So, I often have people that come along that perhaps are feeling a bit down or a bit depressed and one of their frustrations is motivation has disappeared, mm-hmm. um, which is a symptom of depression. But it's also a symptom of being human. So, mm-hmm. if Um, I'm not necessarily talking about someone who's clinically depressed. I'm talking about a human here who just wants to put something out into the world. So let's say that you um, are a musician and you want to create an album. There's a lot to do in order to be able to create that album to get from point a to point what is essentially Z where (laughs) the album is actually released because there's so much to do in, in the meantime, One of the things that I see people get really tripped up on is this idea that they should always feel motivated. Mm. And the problem with that is exactly what I just said, which is motivation is a feeling. Mm. And if you're always relying on feeling motivated, then... It's like hoping to be happy all the mm-hmm. time. Motivation's a transient feeling, like all other feelings, which means when it shows up, wonderful. But if you sit around waiting to feel motivated before you do anything um, of value or of importance or of um, uh, in action towards the project that you're trying to create, then you may be waiting forever. Probably not, because I mean, motivation would come back at some point, but you just don't know when. You can't control it, is what I'm trying to say. And so, one of the things I thought it was important that we address today is when it comes to doing the work, sitting down and doing your thing. If you're an artist, perhaps that's about getting a canvas out and picking up your paintbrush. Um, If you're, I have treated a fashion stylist and she became disconnected from her work. And one of the things that she desperately wanted to do was to get back into um personal styling but she just couldn't take that leap to get clients. And so it comes back to how do I get the work done in order to get it out there? It's not about motivation. Mm. Motivation's lovely. It feels good. Mm. Um but that's not the thing that will get you across the line. What will get you across the line is doing it despite how you feel. Mm. Um because I find that most of the time when I'm sitting down to write, I don't necessarily feel motivated. In fact, I might feel a sense of overwhelm or a sense of um, frustration or a sense of here we go again. Like, how long am I going to sit here before um, I feel some kind of flow? Mm. And so I wanted to bring up this idea of motivation, but the fact that what we can come back to is what we can control, which is action, even when we're not feeling motivated. Mm.
0: Yes. And we've touched on that in a few of our episodes. And what I'd like to add to that as well is life has ebbs and flows and we can't possibly always be in the state of motivational, or inspirational or action because we need the downtime. And I think in the downtime, it's almost like that's when creativity has a time. It's time to percolate, you know, it's like getting ready for the moment where it's going to strike us. And then, you know, we're presented with an idea or a project Project we want to start. But if we were to always be in that mode of taking action, we wouldn't be able to create because we wouldn't have that downtime to really connect with ourselves and, and listen into what our intuitive thoughts have to say. So I think, like you said, it, we're not supposed to feel motivated all the time. Mm. It, it's... It would be exhausting. It would be. It would just be like being switched on all the time. And, for example, you might go to work all day and then you come home and you just sit down and have a cup of tea or you watch your favourite show, whatever whatever is your way of unwinding. But just imagine not being able to do that, just going to work all day and then going straight into your next day. You know, we need the rest periods and they allow us to really then – take time to ponder on, are we on the right path? Are we doing the thing that we really want to be doing? And and I think that, you know, they hold hands together and it's accepting that that's okay, that you're not supposed to be on all the time. It's yeah. kind of like that notion that we, we, we've spoken about in one of the episodes where our media sends us these messages that we should feel happy all the time. And if we're not, then there's something wrong with us.
1: Mm. It's the same with inspiration. Mm. I don't know about you, but it is for me. I've had times where I've sat down and actually remind me in a second that I want to talk about exactly how I mot- – like the hacks that I mot- – how I motivate myself. Mm. But in terms of inspiration, I know I've sat down at times having no idea about what I was going to write about mm. But just knowing I needed to write a blog post because it had to be done. And so I've sat down not only at a time. I remember I sat down at night and I don't function at night. So I don't even know why I did it. Like I was under some time pressure or something. Mm. And um, I wrote one of the best blog, in my opinion, one of the best blog posts I've ever written. Mm. Unexpectedly, I did not even know what the topic was going to be. I just thought I'm going to show up and sit at the computer and do something. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And it happened quickly. It wasn't my normal drag my feet. Um, and I, I always use that as a piece of evidence that you never know what um, will happen as long as you just show up. Nothing might happen, but something amazing might happen as well. I love that you've
0: said that. It's so true because it's interestingly, I'm a morning person too, and I prefer to do any kinds of any kind of writing or client work in the morning because I yeah. know in the afternoon, I I just don't function as sharply. Yes. However, I have had periods of time where I have worked really, really well during the evening. And I think it's also important to note that sometimes that idea of I'm a morning person or I'm a night person could also be the idea that limits you from showing up and just giving something a go because you've just said, no, but I'm a morning person. Mm. So I think just being aware of that and yes, your story is beautiful. I, I think the key takeaway from that is to anything is just show up and be open and don't have those expectations and see what happens.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And, and like you said, nothing may happen or something may happen. And mm. I think that's the best way to approach it.
1: Yeah. It was a shock when it happened. I was mm. like, whoa, but I felt it at the time. I yeah. actually felt inspiration. So, and sometimes I do not, you know, I wouldn't say it always happens, but inspiration came quite quickly and I couldn't stop writing. And that's yeah. happened a few times. And I was like, whoa, I just want to keep going and I should, I'll write another 10 blog posts. I didn't, but, um, cause it, <laughs> it got late, but, um, I, When I felt inspiration, it was one of the most beautiful feelings of flow. And I just love those moments while still acknowledging that they're rare. They don't happen all the time. And I don't do it just to feel like that. But when I do feel like that, I always remember it because it Mm. impresses on me the loveliness of the work.
0: Mm, Exactly. When you were speaking, what popped to mind was... I'm sure some of our listeners would have had this experience too, and you may have as well. But I know for me, there's been times in my life where I've woken up in the middle of the night. I don't know why. And all of a sudden I have like, it's like these words start coming to me and I have to get out my notes on my phone and I just start typing in this piece of work. And once I'm done, I close my eyes, go back to sleep.
1: And wow. Uh, I've heard people say that it's never actually happened to me but I kind of envy people that have that experience because I think (laughs) oh what an intimate relationship with the muse you know but that's never actually happened to me
0: yeah it's quite funny but yeah so I just thought I'd share that but let's talk about your hacks
1: Yes. So moving on to tips, um, for getting the work done or or actual hacks, I guess one of the things I just wanted to mention is I do sometimes manipulate myself to get Mm -hmm. stuff done. Mm -hmm. And the things that I use to manipulate myself, are um, one of my biggest ones is the Pomodoro technique. Mm -hmm. So I have an app on my phone called forest Mm -hmm. and, um, it's, is based around the Pomodoro technique and it grows a little cartoon tree for 25 minutes. Mm. And if I touch my phone in that time, so let me go back in, the Pomodoro technique is 25 minutes of focused attention and then a five-minute break. So what I do is I break my time up and the idea of only having to focus for 25 minutes is far less overwhelming than saying you've got to write 3,000 words or you've got to sit there for two hours. Mm and so my app grows a little tree and if I touch my phone in in that 25 minutes the tree dies so <laughs> it's kind of a, I don't want to kill trees even if they're cartoon trees and so I'm motivated to not only stay away from my phone but what that does is it it helps me to keep going to just get to the end of 25 minutes mm-hmm. um, so that's one of my manipulation strategies and the other is cups of tea so I um, before I start a task, part of my ritual to get into the zone is the making of a cup of tea and then sitting down and starting um, wherever it is that I'm starting in the project. Do, do you have any? Or I do the
0: same thing with tea. I, I always have a cup of tea on my desk whenever <laughs> I'm doing something and it's always green tea. I... Gross. Sorry, <laughs> In case you wanted Sorry. to know that.
1: <laughs> That's really like, yeah, I apologise on behalf of Monica <laughs> for all the Earl Grey drinkers out there. Green tea's disgusting. <laughs> um, but yes, I guess there's got to be one of us that goes down <laughs> the vegan, clean, herbal tea path.
0: It'll be battle of the teacups <laughs> the next the next season of our show. Yeah, uh, yeah I just – look, I have to say I do like Earl Grey tea, but I don't really drink a lot of uh, regular tea. Anyway, this, this conversation is getting a bit off track. So, yes, I have a cup of tea and sometimes I find if I can't seem to get into the, the writing space, then – I might move where I'm sitting. So most of the sure. time I'll work at my office desk. If that isn't working for me, I'll go sit on my balcony and and work out there. So I'm kind of in nature. I, I quite enjoy that. I don't do this so much now, but when I lived in New York or even, even when I've lived in Australia, uh, if I have work that I'm finding it difficult to start, I'll take myself to a coffee shop and I'll sit down there with my laptop because I know that I'm not going to twiddle my thumbs. I'm going to sit down and I'll just do the work.
1: So there there are a few
0: things. Yeah. And other than that, sometimes if it's really not happening, I'll just leave it. I'll just go, okay, all right, go, go do what you want to do. And so I allow myself to go listen to a podcast or go sit on the beach or whatever it is that I want to do instead and I'll do that for, I don't know, half an hour maybe or less and then naturally I gravitate towards my work anyway and I sit down and I just get it done.
1: Yeah, that just made me think that sometimes – I've also done a lot of those things, but one thing that I also do psychologically to manipulate myself is Mm. think about how good I'll feel once it's done. Mm. So, to get it done in the morning, like sometimes, even if I'm a bit groggy, you know, I've gotten up and really early to get something done, I think, imagine what it will feel like to have it be 7am in the morning and your two hours of writing is already done. Yeah, Imagine what the day then holds and that's often enough to get me going.
0: Yeah, so true. I actually like, I look at it like that too. I look at my to-do list and I think, oh, if I get this done and if I can complete all this, then I might get an early mark, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like yes. And then think of what you can do with the rest of your day. So, yeah. and that is exciting at times. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I totally get it.
0: Okay. Let's talk about persistence and talent. What do you think matters most?
1: Um, well, the research shows us that it's persistence. Mm-hmm. So the the research around grit, um, I wish I could think of the woman now, but I can't. There's an amazing TED talk on grit um, that I love, and the, her research um, has shown that... what counts in terms of being able to be successful. Um, And if success is defined as, you know, what you create, what you achieve, what counts is not how talented you are, um, but how consistent and persistent you are. Mm. So, I love to think about that too, especially if I get caught up in judgment about what I'm writing. I'm like, well, if you just keep writing, that's what counts.
0: Yeah, I like that. I would agree with you as well. I think I think we've touched on it in another episode, but, you know, to some people they, oh, maybe this was a private conversation we had where you said to me there are the beers and the... Or yeah,
1: the, the beers and the doers. The doers, yeah.
0: yes. Yeah. And so the beers are people who find a particular, um, not task, what's the... Uh,
1: well, I guess they have a particular talent that comes innately to them Yes. So my wife is a musician and she's a beer when it comes to music. Um, she can play by ear, she can compose, she can play 15 million instruments. Um, and vocally she's stunning and she doesn't have to think about those things. I mean, sure she's honed her craft and continues to do so. Um, God knows how she continues to get better, but she does. And, that she's a beer. That's, that just comes naturally to her. It's like her language. Her first language is music. Mm. Um, her second language is English. And one of the things that Um, I think that stops people from doing the work is because inherently they know they're not a beer, but they're passionate about doing a particular thing. So someone might not be a beer when it comes to art and yet they just love painting. And my answer to that is always, you can be a doer, As long as you're persistent, like you, there is nothing to stop you from doing that work because persistence is what counts. There are so many beers out there that have never persisted with their craft, and so it never gets done. It doesn't matter they're inherently talented because they're not doing it. Exactly. So if you're a doer, but you've got persistence and consistency on your side, then anything's possible. Exactly
0: right. Oh, I couldn't, I think you've just nailed that perfectly. Now, before we wrap up, we, I'd like to just talk about how do we know when we're doing the right work? How does it feel for you when you know you're doing the right or I don't know if it's right, but, you know, the work that's aligned with you?
1: Oh, I was just going to say something and then I thought, actually, is that my real answer? So the first thing that popped into my head is it feels effortless. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, hold on a second, I put a lot of effort into my work. Um, so is that Right. Yeah. And I think sorry go go. <laughs> um, well, and I'm not sure of the answer, but I would say that perhaps I don't resent the effort because it just it's a sense of alignment and that connectedness that I was referring to earlier. So it it brings something that's indescribable to me so that the work almost becomes spiritual. That's how I know I'm doing the right work.
0: Hmm. I think you were spot on with your first answer. It's effortless because that's how I would answer it too and that's not to say that there isn't any sort of effort that goes into it yes i'm sure that there's a lot of dedication and and effort put into what we're doing but because it's fueled by a, a real love for what we're doing it doesn't feel like work mm. so i still feel like that effortless is the right answer
1: yeah absolutely I see what you mean by that, yeah. but yeah, because I did want to clarify. It's not like I, I don't do this work effortlessly. I put a, a lot of effort into it, mm. and a lot of time, and a lot of myself. But in doing so, it's exactly where I want to be. Mm. So that part is effortless,
0: mm. which shows me that you're aligned with what you're doing because you know you love it. You can you can feel it when you talk about it. So yeah. so listeners, if you're unsure. For yourself, just notice: Does it make you feel light, or do you feel heavy? Mm. Because I find that if it's hard work, then it's heavy. Yeah. But if it's work that you love and you feel light around it, then you know, I'd safe to say you're on the right path.
1: Yeah, it can still be hard work. It can still require everything from you. Totally. Um, but it's your approach is different to it. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Awesome. Well, that was a really awesome episode i really enjoyed that conversation thank you for listening and thank you beck for having this conversation with me ditto all right listeners thank you so much once again please tune in again next month in the meantime if you could share this episode with someone who you feel could benefit from hearing more about doing the right work then we'd love you to do so. And as always, you can follow Beck and myself at Dr Rebecca Ray and at Monica Kate on Instagram. Have a great month and we'll see you next month.